Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, Pharrell back on uh, Coast to Coast. Hour number two underway now. We will talk college football uh, now and then later with our own uh, Joe Lisi uh, in this hour about everything going on uh, crazy with the Big Ten and Pac-12 today in college football. But let's keep talking about it right now. It's very important, Carver Hyde, that we cover this from all angles. Yeah, absolutely. We know it. Big Ten and Pac-12 are both out of the mix here. Uh, when it comes to college football in the fall. This is from yesterday, Scotty. This is Nebraska coach Scott Frost saying that if the Big Ten canceled, he would still try to play college football somewhere else. Let's hear from Scott. We want to play a Big Ten schedule. I hope that's what happens. Our university is committed to playing no matter what, no matter what that looks like and how how that looks. Um, We want to play no matter who it is or where it is. So we'll see how those chips fall. We certainly hope it's in the Big Ten. If it isn't, I think we're prepared to look for other options. You know, I have to say, uh, the Lightning just tied it up, by the way, uh, 2-2 early in the third, literally uh, 20-some seconds into the third period. So here's the deal. Scott Frost, I I got a question whether this guy, is he the tin man? Does he have a brain? Honestly, uh, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, seriously, here's here's the deal. If you think you're getting out of the Big Ten, it's going to cost Nebraska athletics, maybe their entire athletic department. It'll cost them that much money to get out of that deal that they're in with the Big Ten. I can guarantee you that. They got nothing but legal problems coming their way if they think they're just walking out of the Big Ten and they're going to go play wherever they want. Like, who does this guy think he is? He, does he think he's like making decisions, running college football or running sports in America? You drip. Honestly, here's the deal. I got a plan. I'm willing to let you leave the Big Ten because you guys have been such a horse's ass in the conference since you got there and everything. And every single thing that they do at Nebraska and Lincoln, their athletic program in the Big Ten is like, it's like, you know, a skinny guy dating a 600 pound chick. Honestly, it is so awful that they're even in the conference. Take your fat girlfriend and go home, go back to the big 12 where you belong with all the hillbillies. That's where you should be playing. You've never fit in the big 10 to begin with. And I've been hearing Tim Brando, my dear friend, Tim Brando, who I love from Fox sports, Tim has been selling me that Scott Frost is going to win a national championship at Nebraska. In fact, he told me he's going to win multiple national championships 
in the uh, Big Ten and at Nebraska. And literally, he will never win the Big Ten and he will never win a national championship because I don't think he's smart enough to realize. Can you listen to this guy's rhetoric coming out of his fat face? I can't even listen to him talk about, well, we're going to do whatever we want. We're gonna, we call the shots over here in college. Uh, our school and our administrator, we're going to do what we want. We're going to play. If it's in the Big Ten, it's a Big Ten. If it's not, we're going to play over here. We're going to do, we're going to play somebody. We're going to play Hamtramck Tech and Little Sisters of the Poor. We're going to go down there and play the Hillbillies. We're going to get back in the Big 12 where we belong. They should have never left the Big Eight. Whose bright idea? They wanted to be in the Big Ten. Honestly, it's like the piece of a jigsaw puzzle that doesn't fit that you lost in the carpet in your living room. I have never understood for the life of me why the Big Ten let these idiots at Nebraska into their conference to begin with. And you can quote me on that. You have been a, a disaster. Northwestern has a better program than Nebraska does. Now, I know Nebraska has one of the greatest histories in college football and national championships, and they are awesome at college football in the past when Tom Osborne was there. And let me tell you something, Scott, you couldn't hold Tom Osborne's onions in your mouth. Let me tell you something. You are not Tom Osborne, bro. I've been hearing about this guy being a genius for so long. You know what I'm getting sick and tired of in sports? Every coach is a genius. Scott Frost, a genius. Listen to his quotes on this show today. And you tell me that that guy's smart. Kiss my ass. Shut up. Go back to Lincoln and pick some corn or something, you idiot. Honest to Christ, I'm sick of hearing this guy. Punch him in the mouth. Shut your face. You're not getting out of the Big Ten without costing your school $100 million, you stupid ass. Even put after that on the your clips. Hey, put that on your clips. Run that on your clips. You can run 8 million clips right there of me just defecating on that guy. There you go. Have some of that for dinner. Even after the announcement today, Nebraska is still hoping to play football. I think that you got all sides. And and, and you know what it is? I I know that Scott was probably (laughs) going to send you uh, a card or some flowers or or maybe a gift basket, but uh, you're probably off the list uh, when we get to it this year. So nothing for coming to Scott Frost. I'm so scared scared of all the uh, farmers down there in Lincoln. Go ahead. Have at it. Um, the ACC still hopes to play. They think they're going to push through. And Dabo Swinney, of course, another genius in the game, he has won national titles. Here he is, Scott, saying, whether we play now or we play in the spring, this virus isn't going away, so let's just play. Here's Dabo. We all know that there's risk, and we all know there's a virus. If we cancel football, the virus isn't going to go away. And it is, it is fully my belief that these guys are safer here than without us. Uh, and not only are they safer here mentally, it's better for them. And uh, so just, you know, nobody has to be here. I don't have to be here. I have two kids on the team. I have a, a junior in high school playing high school football. So we all understand uh, that there's risk. And if you told me we canceled football, that nobody get the virus, hey, I'd be the first person to sign up. But, but that's not reality. The virus isn't going away. It's going to still be here in the spring. Well, we'll see if you're as smart as you think you are, too. You're obviously uh, bigger than the virus, and you can do whatever you want down there in Clemson. We'll see how good it is when a bunch of your players are dead. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Honestly, I'm going to have a stroke. Tampa just down, uh, you know, down a man, shorthanded. They get a breakaway, two on one. Coleman on the right side in the circle. He's got the defender down on his knees. He's got the goalie standing up on his heels. And he's got a wide open guy in the left circle, wide open. If he saucers it over quick enough, it's a one-timer. Open that easy goal. They go up 3-2. Instead, he shoots it and the goalie gloves it. The defender's laying on his ass. I cannot believe Coleman didn't pass the puck. Like, what are you doing, bro? How do you not see that goal on your left side when you're on a two-on-one shorthanded break? You idiot. Honestly, like, what are you doing? If I'm the coach, I'm like, you're done playing for the day. Nice job. Guy's standing wide open for the game winner. A shorthanded goal, and he didn't pass it. He shot like a one-timer, or he shot a wrister, and the, and the goalie laughed at him like, you had me, because he was dead to rights. He was leaning backwards. He was standing straight up. He would have never been able to get over to stop the one-timer. Unbelievable. I, honestly, like, I don't know. I should have been an NHL coach. In fact, I would have been on the other bench, and I would have jumped over, and I would have taken Tort's face and smashed it in with my fist, rabbit punch style. Go ahead, Carver. Yeah, Let's sweet. talk hockey. <laughs> We know how much you love torts, that's for sure. Uh, first, Shorty. Scotty, of course, first round of the playoffs is underway today. You were just talking about it. First game between Columbus and Tampa. I give to you the first round odds. Flyers, big minus 240 favorites over the Habs. Lightning are a big minus 225 favorite in this series, maybe a little big. Uh, Islanders, underdogs against the Caps. And the Hurricanes, underdogs against the Bruins. Anything you like series here possibly to play, Scotty? Well, I know everyone's on uh, the Canes as an upset, but I think the real upset shot is the Islanders and uh, Trotz being able uh, to beat his old team, the Capitals. I think they've looked lethargic. I think they're too heavy a favorite. I like that buck 18. I still think the Flyers, uh, Lightning, and Bruins get it done. I'm surprised. Uh, the Lightning should be up 3-2 in this game right now after the play I just saw botched by Coleman, who they got from the Devils uh, late season. In trade. I think Coleman's a good player, too, but he was blind on that play. He's on a two-on-one break. you got to feed the guy when he's all alone. I still think they're better than the Blue Jackets, but obviously Columbus has given them fits. If Columbus beats them two years in a row, I'm going to say it right now. Tampa Bay will never win another Stanley Cup. 
I agree with you a thousand percent. They cannot lose to this team in back-to-back years. It would be unbelievable. Western Conference, same thing. Series odds for you, Scotty. Uh, Also, some very big heavy favorites. The Knights are enormous favorites. Avalanche, enormous favorites. Close between the Stars and the Flames. They are about to get underway in Game 1. And the Blues, a heavy favorite against the Canucks. Do you give maybe the Canucks a shot to advance past St. Louis? Yeah, you know, I, I don't actually. I, I think the Blues have played lethargic, but I think that they're uh, a much better, deeper team than the Canucks. I think the team that has a shot uh, at an upset of all those teams would be the Flames, and that's why that price is so short. I still like uh, the uh, Vegas, Abs, uh, you know, Stars, and, and Blues to all win. If I were to pick a dog, it would be the Flames. So the NHL, the bubble is working as it has with the NBA. They've gone weeks now, Scotty. Still no positive tests. Great news for the NHL on the health department. Tonight, Scotty, bit of a surprise maybe. Robin Leonard is going to start game one for Vegas instead of Marc-Andre Fleury. So the flower sits down. Leonard 5-0 and since he's been traded to Vegas. Peter DeBoer is going to go with, I guess you would say, the hot hand. I think that you will see flower at some point, though, if they're going to go on the deep run, Scotty. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, if he has any problems whatsoever, they'll go with uh, Flurry and bring him in. But and I know they have a short fuse in Vegas with coaches and goalies. Uh, they proved that uh, with the firing of Gallant. But I'll say this: uh, that you know, if Robin Leonard keeps playing the way he's playing right now at five and zero since he's gotten the gig, uh, it's the beginning of the end for Mark Andre Flurry in Las Vegas. And uh, there's tonight's games. You can see them there. Flames and Stars about to get started in game one of their series. Tonight you have the Hurricanes and the Bruins. And the late night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, the nights that we were just talking about with Robin Leonard against the Chicago Blackhawks. Might like the Hurricanes to jump out in game one here tonight, Scotty, with the Bruins not looking great. I also love the Stars here coming up at 5.30. Yeah, but, I, you know, if you really want to make some money, then uh, possibly those Flames – uh, Canes goal and a half each. Here's the deal. If the Blackhawks get a lead, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights can come back on anyone. They can score goals in droves. So no lead is safe uh, in that series for Chicago. And finally, from hockey, of course, the draft lottery last night for the number one overall pick. The Rangers win the lottery. They will get Lafreniere. They'll get him with the top pick. I know people have been barking about uh, conspiracy theories. Uh, calm down. Uh, I don't care if the guy dropped the ball. Uh, putting it into the machine. Uh, Who won? Who won? They showed it to you live on TV right there. Uh, The ball went to the top. So the Rangers get the top spot. Good for them, Scotty. Well, the Rangers played so horribly, like my Penguins did in the elimination rounds. For a team loaded with talent, they played uh, terribly. So here's the deal. It doesn't matter. The conspiracy theorists are idiots to begin with. It's nonsense. Nothing corrupt happened at all. This is a great thing. In my opinion, I said this last night at Pharrell on a Bench. By the way, we re- welcome in all of our radio affiliates on Sports Grid Radio. Overnights, Pharrell on a Bench, 1 a.m. Sports Radio, 3 a.m. Bagels Bad Beats, 5 a.m. Check out SportsGridRadio.com. You can watch us on YouTube. Just search Sports Grid Radio. When we do the shows, you can watch us do them live. Check it out, Sports Grid Radio. We're taking over the world, and it was pretty easy doing it. But here's the deal. I said this last night on the radio. I firmly believe, without a doubt, what a pleasure it's going to be for us, at least because we're in New York. Uh, I'm not a Ranger fan, and I know you're not, Carver, but Mafia is. But just the fact that we get to see, um, you know, these players that we talked about on the Devils, they got two number ones on the Devils, and we get to watch Jack Hughes develop. 
Um, we get to watch now this kid, Lafreniere, turn into a star on Broadway. We get to see the Rangers uh, have tons of talent with Kako and the rest of the players on that team, uh, Panarin, Breadman. I mean, the bottom line is we're going to see great games every time they play the Islanders, every time they play the Devils, every time they play the Penguins, every time they play the Bruins, uh, the Capitals. It's just great hockey. I don't want to see, frankly, I know no one wants to hear this in Canada, but these guys end up in Edmonton. and look what happens to them. I don't care what anybody says. The best place for that guy to play so we get to see him turn into a star like Mario Lemieux, like Gretzky. I know Gretzky did it in Edmonton, but no one cared about him. No one cared about him when he was doing it in Edmonton because no one cares about the Edmonton Oilers ever. I know they won all those Stanley Cups, and I know they're one of the greatest franchises ever because of Gretzky. But to see this guy actually go on the Rangers, I think is great for hockey, and it's going to be great for us that we get to watch it every single night uh, unfold before our very eyes. I think it's great for the NHL. I don't believe for one minute there was anything corrupt. I think they got lucky. They got him. And now we're all going to benefit because of it. And you're going to have to try to figure out a way to beat them because they're loaded. MLS really quick, Scotty, uh, pick tonight in the MLS final between Portland and Orlando. The tournament concludes down there. Uh, I'll take Portland. I know Orlando's upset everyone, uh, but I'm going to take the Timbers. Uh, they're just overall a better team. I could be wrong. But remember, I hit the Arsenal Gunners uh, to win the FA Cup. So uh, I've had the uh, soccer role going lately. I'm going to stick with the Timbers. Uh, but I don't really care for one minute. Uh, can I get Mafia in here? Tell me what you think of Stipe going into the fight, Mafia, on Saturday against Cormier. What is his goals and how does he get it done against this guy? Again, I think it's a, a hard task. It's a hard task, especially with the smaller cage. People say that favors wrestlers and makes it harder for the guys to get out of the way and avoid the takedowns. But that's the key right there is avoid the takedowns. Don't let him get his hands on you and take you down to the mat. Keep your distance. Use your jabs and your you know your power crosses and keep him at bay. And then maybe use the body shots like he did in that last fight. But the big thing is to keep it on the feet. If it goes to the back, he's decent enough at getting up. But against a guy like Cormier, it's going to be impossible. Are you worried about him again in this trilogy uh, that he's got his hands full too much? I'm a little worried about it, but, you know, to me also, Cormier has kind of got one foot out the door. I know we could say he doesn't, you know, but he's talked about this being his last fight. He's got all these other jobs he's already doing, whether it be coaching high school wrestling, doing the commentating, having the show with Ariel, you know, Hawani. He's doing these other things. He's got his family. So he's got a lot of stuff going on. He might not be completely focused. I know he wants to win this and will go out the greatest, but I think it's a situation where Stipe, I think, is a little more locked in and has a future ahead of him than Cormier, who's just doing it as his last fight. And we think of Covington and Woodley scheduled for September 19th. It looks like that's happening. I'm not as excited as I would have been if it was Covington and Masvidal. I mean, Woodley looked terrible against Burns. He's not the same guy as he was between all his injuries and surgeries. You know, going and doing his TMZ show, doing the thing with uh, the, the Rock, that show where he was, you know, one of these Olympians or whatever that he failed at. He's been doing a lot of other stuff. His focus hasn't been on fighting. All right, so uh, Dana White is still selling that Mayweather may come back. I still feel that it's going to be Mayweather, McGregor again to fleece the public uh, and have a second fight. Mayweather beat his ass. He'll do it again. It's coast to coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Oh, God, the lightning just had a chance in front like nobody's Whoa. business. I, I got to ask you, uh, uh, Cam, uh, go back to the Coleman breakaway, the two-on-one shorthanded, 
and he had the defender on his knees. He had the goalie standing up on his heels. He had them both dead to rights. If he would have just faked the wrister and slid it across, that's an open net goal, uh, a shorty, and the game-winning goal. Are you shocked that he didn't pass the puck over? He had both guys dead to rights. I agree, Scotty. And just and crazy thing, I've just been watching these games, and the one thing I noticed, hockey, it's not a brain surgeon game. And look how Columbus scored their goal at the end of the period. They scored from the board because a guy had a wrister at the net. You got in front of the goaltender, and you screened him, and it went top shelf. It is not hard. I find a lot of the time these guys are overthinking things and passing. They're the best players in the world, but sometimes they forget the fundamentals. Remember when you were a kid playing street hockey, just banking off your buddy's nuts, his leg, back of the back of his leg behind the net, anything, anything. Thing you gotta do hit it off the tacklers hit it off the shins hit it off anywhere just get in front of that damn net and shoot the puck and it gets redirected they talk about greasy goals that's what happens stop being so damn pretty very few pretty goals in the playoffs the goaltenders are on fire you gotta block their sight how important is it uh for tampa to get this win if they lose this game <laughs> do they lose the series Great question. I'm going to say yes, and I'm also going to say if they lose this game, yeah, it's going to be a shock to them. Then Columbus, they'll have them right where they want them. And I, I hate to say this, Scotty, but with the talent they have, Cooper will be gassed too. He won't be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning. If they lose to Columbus in back-to-back seasons, he gone. You're right about that. Hey, what do you think of the job that uh, – and I know that right now that Philly and Suns game is really close. I saw it a minute ago. It was a one-point game. Booker hasn't gotten on track yet. But what do you think of the job? I, I got to give him credit because I'm not a fan of his uh, liberal mouth, Popovich. But I think he's done a great job with a bunch of no-names uh, down in uh, San Antonio with this team because they have played in the bubble fantastic, and they are still alive. If they win tomorrow, uh, I think they have one more game. If they win that game, they have a shot to get into that play. And can you even believe what he's done? It's. I don't think it's even Popovich. I think he is playing looser, and you're right. I don't care about politics. Just coach the damn team, what side you're on. But I will say this. Gabe and I talked about it, too, on GTD. Addition by subtraction, Scotty. You play basketball. Aldridge changed things. These guys are playing a confident game. The spacing's better. DeRozan looks happier. All the young guys on their team, they're coming together. And this small ball lineup seems to be really helping them. That's the thing. You play a lot of basketball. You know, Scotty, sometimes you when you get into that flow and the like, you like the guys you play with, it seems stagnant sometimes with Aldridge but now they seem like a team having a lot of fun running and gunning and it's working for them hey man they beat down Houston today so I I don't think it's just about Popovich I think it's about the players in the system and missing Aldridge I think they look really good today and I think the Rockets knew where they were and the game was meaningless to them and they played like it what do you think happens in the Blazer game with Dallas tonight this is a huge game for Portland I got to tell you, I got to ride Portland. These guys have been fantastic. Uh, I I think they're playing great basketball inside the bubble. We talk about Phoenix. They're a team that we've been riding, too. And, Scotty, uh, yeah, I love the Blazers. I think they're a very dangerous team. I don't think people want to play them. And and kudos to the Brooklyn Nets, too. Can you believe this? Under Vaughn, they've won seven of their last nine games. This is a team that was supposed to mail it in. They got guys from European leagues, and they beat down Orlando today. Craziness in the bubble. All these teams that we all thought, hey, are going to just ride off into the sunset are playing great, like the Nets, Spurs, Sons, what the hell's going on, buddy? I got high yesterday, five and zero in those NBA money lines, and then today already three and one in bets in the NBA, and I'm riding the Suns uh, right now. But I had the Sixers, I, I had the Sixers in the eight, and it's a really good game at fifty ones. Hopefully, we'll stay hot. Enjoy the games tonight, Cam. Great stuff, brother. 
Yeah, good luck, Scotty. And uh, hockey today, I know I heard you talking. Uh, Carolina-Boston's going to be a great series. I think Chicago was great, but you know what? Vegas and Leonard against those guys, you, you brought up a good point. Chicago, that was nice against Edmonton. Try that against Vegas. I think Vegas probably minus one and a half. They should be able to blow these guys out. Yeah, I think so. All right, Cam, good stuff. Cam Stewart, check him out. Game time decisions, top of the hour. All right, so uh, are we going to do uh, the NBA here, Carver High? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, we're going to get rolling with the NBA right now. Uh, of course, you guys were just talking about it earlier. we got some games going on today. Let's first, Scotty, go back to last night. Me and you were watching this game during, of course, uh, Pharrell on the Bench on Sports Grid Radio. The Lakers with a last-second shot from Kyle Kuzma. They win it. He said, Scotty, nobody was stopping him from getting that shot, even Jesus. Here's Kuzma. At any point in time when you see a guy like Bobo right in front of you, is there any doubt at what point did you know that that ball was going up from beyond the arc where you were at when you got it? Um, I think uh, Jesus could be in front of me, and I'll probably still shoot. So, <laughs> I mean, it don't really matter to me. Just uh, got an open look. It's a play that we kind of ran um, and practiced a few times. Um you know, prior to the restart and, you know, coach had faith in me and just called call my number and I, um, you know, paid off. Yeah, listen, uh, that was a huge shot uh, for Kuzma. And I've told you repetitively on this show, there's only three guys that I like having the rock in their hand on that team. Now, I know a lot of people uh, buy into Pope and all this other Danny Green nonsense. I'm telling you, it's LeBron. Davis, and when they're sitting, Kuzma is allowed to green light. Uh, other than that, it's just LeBron and Davis, the whole team. Uh, and then when they use Kuzma, when they need to use Kuzma, the guy can hit shots. He's a shooter, shooter, shoot. And the bottom line was that was just a normal wing three for him. It was a dagger. Uh, I guess the only pressure was the time left on the clock. So just a big shot. I'm not that uh, shocked by it. They treated it like the guy won an NBA championship last night. I give the uh, Lakers an F for their performance in Orlando the entire time in the bubble so far. We'll see if they're so badass in the playoffs because they've been throwing games left and right. Well, you know, you give them an F, Scotty, but here's LeBron. He says they're ready to go, uh, their performance in the bubble. Here's LeBron saying they're ready for the playoffs to start. Once we know sure. what we're playing, um, you know, obviously uh, we're going to wait on that and see what happens. Then you, you start to lock in on your opponent. Um, but you build good habits along the way. We have the habits. So we are ready for the playoffs. If the playoffs started tomorrow, we'd be ready for it. You know, but um, as far as the mental side, you have to and you can't really lock in on your opponent until you know your opponent. Um, so there's another uh, level um, to playoff basketball. But, um, you know, we've worked our habits throughout the whole season um, and, and we've prepared ourselves uh, for, for the uh, for the playoffs. And uh, we'd be ready for it when it when, when it comes. Yeah, I'm not buying any of that rhetoric, and I also am not buying, like, the Jazz and Mavericks. And they don't even have the Blazers in there right now because they haven't earned it. But if they're in it, I'm going to put them ahead of some of those teams in those FanDuel odds right there. And I certainly uh, am putting with Harold the Clippers ahead of the Lakers. And I know everybody thinks the Bucks are automatic. I think Toronto's a better team. I can't wait to see it. I think Toronto can beat them, so... I'm not buying those odds at all because uh, they're just going to take your money is what they're going to do. There is a conspiracy theory being floated around the NBA right now, Scotty, that teams are purposely throwing games so that the Lakers get a uh, the Blazers in the first round. Uh, very difficult to do, especially since the Blazers are possibly going to have to beat the Memphis Grizzlies twice in order to get in there. I want to show you that right now, the scenarios 
for this eighth seed in the West. The Grizzlies clinch a spot with a win. I believe that they are playing tonight or a loss by the Spurs and Suns. The Spurs have already won today. The Suns are playing right now. As we know, the Blazers clinch a spot with a win and losses by the Spurs and the Suns. The Suns are eliminated with a loss and a Blazers win. And the Spurs are eliminated with a loss and a win by either the Suns or the Blazers. So this is coming down to it now, Scotty. We only have a couple days left. Kind of looks like the Grizzlies and the Blazers. They win and they get in. They've got the upper hand right now. Right, and the Blazers and Spurs are both still alive. So are the Suns. They cannot afford to lose that game to the Sixers that is going on right now and then have the Blazers win tonight because all of that perfect record in the bubble up until now, if they were to lose today to the Sixers, that all goes out the window and they go home. So I still like the Blazers' uh, chances. And I'll tell you this much. Uh, I don't buy the theory that they've conspired to have all these losses fixed perfectly and all these teams uh, combined to have these natural uh, forces uh, force the Blazers to face the uh, Lakers. But here's what's going to happen. The, I believe the Blazers will get that spot. I think if they have to beat the Grizzlies twice, they will. And then they'll play the Lakers no matter if people think there's a conspiracy or if they think there's Martians. It doesn't matter. But it was not conspired to happen. It's inevitable if it happens, if they earn it, which is what they're doing right now. And if they get in and they've earned that shot against the Lakers, I think it's going to be a way better series than anybody thinks it is. I'm not buying the Lakers uh, flick a switch and can win and play uh, fantastic whenever they want because they look like crap in Orlando. And I don't buy any of their rhetoric. I'm not buying any of LeBron James, what he's selling. I'm not listening to Brow. I'm not li- Frank Vogel. He's about as much the head coach as I am. They don't listen to him either. It's LeBron's team. They don't listen to Frank. Trust me, you. Uh, Devin Booker, not surprised with the Sun 6-0 start in the bubble. We'll see what happens with him later on here in this game against the Sixers. Uh, Jimmy Butler and the Heat with the win over the Pacers yesterday. Spolster was really happy with a little bit of a rivalry starting to build between the Heat and the Pacers. And we're going to see right now on the updated standing, Scotty, that they would play in a first-round matchup if it stays the way that it is right now in the East you would have Heat Pacers. We know the Bucks will play the Magic, the Raptors will play the Nets, and the Celtics, the 76ers right now. Out West, we know Lakers and the play-in game, Clippers and the Mavs. Now, the Jazz dumped that game to the Mavericks yesterday, and now they would be playing the Nuggets instead of the Rockets, who they lose to every single year. Well, listen, here's the deal. The one story that I liked was the one you talked about, Eric Spolstra, and he's downplaying uh, any kind of a rivalry with... Uh, you know, these two teams, the Pacers being the opponent for the Heat. And he's just, who's he kidding? You're lying through your teeth. Jimmy Butler cannot stand T.J. Warren, and that's just all there is to it. They've been going back and forth. They've been butting heads, chest to chest, talking smack, getting in each other's faces, bragging. A whole show's going on. That's going to be an incredible series. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. 
I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always one of my favorites, Joe Lisi, football full circle to talk about the drama today in uh, the Big Ten and Pac-12. Joe, my man, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well, Scotty. Thanks for having me. I didn't think that college football would be in the mainstream this week for the reasons that we are. But here we are, two conferences canceled, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. We have three others in standing firm right now, and hopefully we'll have co- uh, fo- college football in a couple of weeks. All right, so we know that uh, the Big Ten uh, jumped out front and they canceled uh, the fall, and football is all that matters to anyone. And then the Pac-12 followed suit, but the Pac-12 added basketball to the mix until January. Uh, They're going to, I guess, revisit the situation. Do you feel, as I do, that they jumped the uh, gun a little bit on the basketball, that they should have maybe waited a month or two before uh, jumping to conclusions on hoops? Without a doubt, I think them canceling or postponing college basketball. Now, a lot have said, like Rick Pitino wanted to start in January. I don't see any reason why they couldn't wait until, let's say, November or December to make that decision. Why they canceled at this point in the season clearly was a step in terms of they wanted to take the lead. They wanted to be the first conference to say that we care about our student athletes. We're concerned about the emotional and physical issues for them moving forward and until there's a vaccine or a cure for that matter we're not going to play college athletics within the conference you know uh, i was talking about uh, justin fields uh, with his comment of shake my head at the decision they made i don't think uh, justin realizes uh, that we already know his only goal in life is to play in the nfl and he's going to be drafted in the top five and he's going to make a ton of money and then he'll have the juice Uh, to start making fun of people that have decision-making powers above him. I don't think that he knows anything about what the presidents of these universities, frankly, or uh, these athletic department heads or the NCAA, when they're talking about these kids' lives, these kids are obviously ignoring the fact that there's a pandemic. They don't think that it's going to affect them because they're athletes or something. How stupid could this kid be? Well, I think it comes down to two views. It comes down to the view of how, you know, how do we move forward, number one? Are we taking the students' best interests into consideration? And it's all about and risk. The presidents do not want to assume any type of liability or risk moving forward, whereas student athletes, coaches, and players, they want to move forward. They risk their lives and bodies playing the great game of college football. So they're a, a risk averse, per se, as 
When you look at uh, college uh, presidents, they do not want to take in any liability because potentially of the lawsuits that'll uh, come down from someone getting sick, like the Indiana player that got sick with a, and has health issues and heart issues moving forward. I get it, but I still think there's a process in place where we can set the procedures, play the great game of college football, and, and take on that liability and risk it moving forward as one voice. So, but do you feel that they uh, made a bad decision, uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12, about football? Because I don't. Uh, I, I think that I understand the bravado of the Big 12, and, and we're, you, no one's going to tell us when to have a barbecue and when to play football down here in the great state of Texas. Meanwhile, the whole state's dying. There's no beds in hospitals. Everybody's sick everywhere. Meanwhile, they're having parties everywhere you turn, and no one's wearing masks. These people are drips. And then in the SEC, I'll give them credit. At least they said, you know, we're going to move it back to the end of September at the earliest. And the ACC is saying, we got health experts, infectious disease specialists saying, it's okay for us to play football. And the SEC has followed that same uh, tenor, and they are uh, saying that the medical professionals are saying they can play. So which is it, Joe? Is the Big Ten wrong? Is the Pac-12 wrong? Or are those three, Big 12, SEC, and ACC, right? I think they're they're right and they're wrong. I think simply because there's not one governing head, right? We have the NCAA, but we left it up to each specific conference. You can survey a thousand uh, uh, doctors and scientists, and I guarantee you, Scotty, you're going to get about 90 different answers in terms of how to handle this pandemic and how to handle this virus moving forward, which is the right way, which is the wrong way. So there's not one universal way to go about it. The other factor as well, is they're doing it at the high school level. They sign waivers. The parents and students sign waivers. There's temperature checks. They play games, look across soccer. They're doing that in the state of New Jersey right here, which is a hot spot. So if they can do it in the state of New Jersey, why can't they do it at collegiate levels with elite medical staffs and medical supervision? That's the main question, especially if those students are on campus. Are you not worried at all, Joe, about uh, the uh, fall and like, let's say someone in your family getting it or getting sick or, you know, how the weather changes? We all, let's face facts, get a cold or two in the winter around here. Uh, you get sick in the East Coast. It gets cold. The weather changes. People get a cold. Are you not worried at all about that uh, COVID hitting your family or your household or your kids when they go to school or your wife or your, you know, neighborhood, does that not worry you? I mean, I actually had a family member that did contract the disease and was in the hospital for nine days back back in March. So I, I, I understand the severity of the disease, but I also understand that necessary steps are taken. I also understand the actual percentages. And I'm not saying, you know, it's zero, but it is definitely under five percent in that regard. So, I, I, again, I think that if there is no vaccine and nobody can tell me exactly whether that's going to be a year, two years, five years when does life move on and when do we actually feel safe in terms of taking the proper protocols if i had a child that was in uh college and playing a sport or potentially playing a sport i would ask all the questions i would take all the 
proper procedures. I would ask my child their thoughts and feelings about whether they want to play. And then I would look at the data objectively and say, okay, let's move forward or let's move back. But right now, I think it's right in the wheelhouse of these medical staffs for college, Scott, are elite. They're not just taking, you know, Sim, uh, small data and saying it doesn't work. They're going through everything, double checking it and triple checking it. And I th really think it comes down to the actual conference in terms of their ability to want to play the game of football as opposed to just saying, let's not play at all. You know, Joe, I'm a little surprised that you have those great pictures of you and I behind you. A, you scoring that touchdown for the Tide and that gun show picture of me right there that you'd put up that right over your shoulder, the, the shot of my gigantic biceps that you could show all the women today. That's a really impressive move by you. Let me ask you this question. Do you, do you think that uh, every great player that's in college football right now from Parsons to Fields to any player in the Big Ten or Pac-12, the, the best players that are going to the NFL, we're done watching them play college football now. Is that correct? Without a doubt, they're moving on to the NFL draft next May. I mean, whether the NFL has the draft uh, next year it remains to be seen. What is it virtual again? But those players are gone. I mean, I don't think we're talking about college football for the elite talents, the Trevor Lawrence, the Justin Fields. We're talking about college football for the fringe players, Scotty, the third to seventh round picks that need to play the game to develop game film and make an NFL roster, whether it be free agent. That's the players that it's going to hurt. It's not going to hurt the top 50 to 100 players that are going to get their paychecks in the NFL, but the scouts have a tough job over the next six months because evaluating that talent based off 2019 is going to be very difficult. Joe, tell me what you think it would cost Nebraska to leave the Big Ten and somehow finagle their way back where they belong in the Big 12. They should have never left the Big 8 to begin with. I agree with you. Those rivalries of, of Big 8 football between Nebraska and Colorado really shaped my childhood as a college football fan. I would say the number would probably be anywhere from maybe 10 to 15 million. But I, I think if there's one school that's going to challenge the whole Big Ten's decision, it will be Scott Frost and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. They were one of only two teams. Iowa was the other one to not uh, vote in favor of canceling the season. And Scott Frost is on record saying, hey, we want to play football. And in fact, they practice today. So them in Michigan, believe it or not, and I believe Ohio State did practice today. So I think we're not done with this discussion overall. We'll be talking about this in the middle of next week. Joe, do you really believe that Ohio State, Michigan, and Nebraska are going to play college football when their conference just uh, dropped college football from their plans? you think that these three are going to go rogue and they're going to do whatever they want and, and no one's going to stop them? I think if they're allowed to do it and they talk to their financial departments in terms of liability, in terms of their lawyers, whether we can or whether we can't, the AD, and they're on board, I think they're going to attempt to do it. Now, I don't know about Michigan or Ohio State, but I, can, I think Nebraska is going to be the leader in terms of that group. The fact that their school president voted against 
canceling the season, I think that's a huge indicator and outlier. I, I think the Nebraska Cornhuskers are a live dog in terms of playing football in 2020. Now, what is the liability? What, are, what will it take for Nebraska to do that? I'm not so sure. I don't know the contractual obligations tied to the Big Ten, but if they can break that contract and go uh, to another conference to play, I think they're go going to attempt to do it. Joe, I have a hard time believing that if it gets litigious and they uh, go to a, a decision that has to be made in a court, that they can actually make that happen at any level in 20 days. I don't think they have enough time to go to court over this, and I don't think they can beat the Big Ten in court to begin with. I don't think Nebraska has the stones to do it, and I don't think they can do it that fast. What court in their right mind is going to drop everything they're doing, put everything else aside, so they can make a decision for Scott Frost, Nebraska Cornhuskers, to make all those people in Lincoln happy? you got to be kidding me. No, you're right. Emergency hearings are the only ones that are really taking place right now. Family issues in the court system. So we'll see. Again, I don't know what they know in terms of their ability to break the contract. He's already publicly stated that they are not tied to the Big Ten. I don't know what he's referring to in terms of that statement. Is it a threat? It possibly could be. But again, I think when you look at the polarizing coaches, Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, they've been all outspoken about the, allowing their players to play and the more fans buy in and listen to these coaches you're going to get public sentiment behind them and, and Nebraska I think will push the envelope to that decision now I don't think I agree with you I don't think it'll happen within a 20-day period but I think they'll make the attempt to at least force the Big Ten's hand they're not high on their commissioner overall so we'll see how it plays out we got uh, respectfully one minute. At least we don't have to listen to people complain about the Pac-12 gets no respect in college football uh, this season. We don't have to watch them play football at all. How's that taste? Well, yeah, I mean, the only legitimate shot at a Pac-12 contender this year, I think it was two, USC and Oregon, and we know how USC stepped up in recent years. So in terms of the college football playoff argument, I think we could still move forward with three conferences. It's not going to affect the Pac-12 in any capacity, but I think you'll see the pressure of players, especially if there is a 2020 season in a limited capacity, those players within the conference can jump and bolt to other programs. So uh, Alabama Clemson for the national championship again? <laughs> I I don't know. They, those would be the two front runners. But I, if we're going to have a season, I'm, I'm all in with the Florida Gators in the east. And I'm all in with the Auburn Tigers in the west. I think they have a legitimate shot with Bo Nix at the helm. Wow. Over Alabama. Great stop, Joe. I love you. Killer. Thanks for coming on uh, Coast to Coast today, brother. Let's see how this all plays out. We'll get you back on the show and get you on the bench. Anytime, Scotty. Love the show. My man, Joe Lisi, uh, getting involved with the college football decisions today in the Big Ten and Pac-12. No football. Line up, ladies! The early line. The Minnesota Twins just don't stop winning, Ev. I mean, they get another W yesterday, 5-2, and now they're just bringing people out of the woodwork. Let me just make a point to you about this team's schedule, okay? Uh -huh. So the Pirates again today. And we've got yeah. three against the Royals. Then we've yeah. got three against the Brewers. Then I told you about this central. I told Royals. you about this central. The Sports Grid Network. 
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So, <laughs> can we go to the uh, the lineup for tonight's games at the very least in the NBA? We got three games. One of them I care immensely about that uh, Portland game with Dallas. I think that's going to be fantastic. So um, there you go, Blazers uh, now at a minus four. Uh, originally, I got it at a way better number than that. I got to tell you, but I like the uh, Blazers tonight. Uh, that number, I'm seeing it at three and a half, others at four on Vandal. So, and then, uh, you know, look, they can't afford to lose. They just cannot afford to lose with everything that's going on with the Spurs, Grizzlies, everything that's going on right now, Suns, all of it matters. The Suns are up six right now on the Sixers in the third, but tons of time left, nine and change in the third. They still got all of that and the fourth. The other games, Pelicans, Kings. Uh, this is, I'm assuming, the Kings' last game before they get sent packing. They're taking on the Pelicans, who are also going home to Bourbon Street. By the way, Brandon Ingram says uh, he's got them on the top of his list as a free agent uh, to stay in New Orleans. I think he will stay there if he knows what's good for him to play with uh, Zion Williamson. I kind of like the uh, Kings tonight in that game. I think the Pelicans have shot there. You know what? And Bucks, Wizards, the last game there. You know the Bucks aren't going to care at all about this game. But the Wizards are so atrocious that the Bucks are still going to win that game and lay the seven or eight. Uh, it's at seven and a half now. It was at nine, so it's moved because everybody thinks that uh, the Bucks aren't going to try. I think they could not try. I think they could not show up for the game, literally not make it to the arena and still win by 15. <laughs> I think I mean it when I say that. All right, hockey, they're in overtime right now, Columbus and Tampa. And Flames and Stars are underway. No score in the first. Ten and change left in the opening period. But a great game one between the Lightning and Columbus. I'll see you tonight, 10 p.m. East on YouTube. Just search Sports Grid Radio to catch Pharrell on a bench. Game time decisions up next. Good night, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the two guys from Hollywood Podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.